are listening to a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. May only truth be spoken and only truth received. Amen. So this is the third Sunday in a row in which we have before us a very long episode from the Gospel according to John. In order to do any real justice to these stories, they really can't be shortened in any way, as all three of them stand as full, intact, and important stories in John's account. All three stories, Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, his healing of the man born blind, And this story tonight of the healing of Lazarus are also familiar to anyone who spent much time in church or reading the New Testament, which means it can be very easy to skip by some of the more fascinating details to get to the point, or the point that we all imagine we might know. John is always more interesting and even elusive than that, such that every time I return to these stories in the three-year preaching cycle, I always see something that I'd not entirely noticed before. This story is no exception. What has really caught me this time through is the line, Though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place that he was. And then that verse that comes later in the story that says, Jesus began to weep. Why did he stay there on the other side of the Jordan River for those two days while Lazarus was so gravely ill, dying in fact? Well, the simplest answer is there in the text. On receiving word that Lazarus was deadly ill, Jesus said, This illness does not lead to death, rather it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And then those two days sitting tight, right where they are, follow. And yet, that seems almost too coolly dispassionate. Given that Jesus is said to love Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And so, N.T. Wright suggests that, quote, From the rest of the story we can tell that for those two days Jesus was praying. He was wrestling with the Father's will. As the disciples themselves suggest, it's dangerous to go to Bethany which is just two miles from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was a place where Jesus was liable to be killed for again being in that region. Jesus is fully aware of this, yet he also has this connection to Lazarus and to his sisters. And he has a clear sense that for Lazarus, even death doesn't have the final word. So yes, having made the decision to hold back for two days, Jesus is still in a place where he needs to be sure 
utterly sure that his decisions and his actions are completely in line with the will of God. And Bishop Wright continues, and when in verses 41 and 42, Jesus thanks the Father that he has heard his prayers, I think he's referring to the prayers he prayed during those two strange, silent days in the wilderness across the Jordan. He was praying for Lazarus, but he was also praying for wisdom and guidance as to his own plans and movements, and somehow the two were bound together. Then comes that point. After those two days when Jesus speaks to the disciples with such clarity, saying, Lazarus is dead. And they know that for all their protests about the dangers that await them back on the other side of the Jordan, Jesus is determined that they must go to Bethany. It is at this point that one of my favorite minor characters speaks up for the first time. Thomas who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we might die with him. This is Thomas as a kind of a a sad sack character, but he always is, and he always holds those questions, those doubts, that reserve. Let us go, so that we may go and die with him. This is a hopeless cause going nowhere, but we're with him regardless. We're his people, even if it means we die with him. He's a kind of a stoic figure, is Thomas. So off they go, to be met out on the road by Martha, and then a little later by Mary. In his conversation with Martha, Jesus appears utterly at peace and very much in control. I am resurrection and life, he says. But by the time Mary arrives with a little retinue of mourners following along behind, we catch a glimpse of something else, something perhaps deeper. When Jesus saw Mary weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. Now those are strong phrases, aren't they? Greatly disturbed, deeply moved. He is not some dispassionate, superhuman figure floating five inches above the ground, above the more common human emotions, just preparing to perform a resuscitation of the dead body of Lazarus. He's troubled. He's moved by the sorrow that he sees written across Mary's face and the faces of the others who've come out to be with her. And what's more, Jesus said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. That line in most translations is stated even more briefly. Jesus wept. The Greek word used here is a dakrosan, which is best translated, simplest translated as weeping, shedding tears. The Greek word used of Mary and the crowd of mourners is a different one. It's kleosan, 
which our English translations render as weeping. Jesus saw her weeping. The Jews who came with her also weeping. But it's probably more accurate translated as lamenting. Jesus saw Mary lamenting. The people with her also lamenting. Lamenting because they are grieving a death, a deep loss. And while as Jews they may believe in a final resurrection for the righteous at the end of time and history, in that moment they know that their beloved brother and friend is dead. And that calls for lament. Jesus wept, but it wasn't play-acting. This is a real response to the pain and sorrow he is seeing all around him, most of all in the faces of those two women he has come to love. And I believe to all that his dear friend Lazarus has faced in his own dying, he weeps over that too. He wept as the story moves forward. We'll see the tears resolve and a new big beginning begin to come in view. And yet still he wept. And here, Bishop Wright comments, the word through whom the worlds were made weeps like a baby at the grave of his friend. Only when we stop and ponder this will we fully understand the full mystery of John's gospel. Only when we put away our high and dry pictures of who God is and replace them with pictures in which the word who is God can cry with the world's crying, only then will we discover what the word God really means. As John understands Jesus, there is no lack of clarity in his heart and mind as to the complete unity of Jesus' mission with that of God the Father. No doubt that there's a clear connection. Remember, in John's telling, Jesus' final words from the cross are, it is finished, or it is accomplished, which holds a very strong sense that this thing he had to do in the name of God and for the sake of the world has been done. It has been accomplished. And yet, in John's view, Jesus' life and work and ministry are without any triumphalism or any easy victory. He is instead a man of sorrows acquainted with grief, walking with his dear friends Mary and Martha in their deepest grief over the death of a beloved brother, bearing it with them to the point of tears. That compassion and those tears I get that. I do. And in some ways, it is that moment of Jesus weeping that reinforces yet again why I believe what I believe and do what I do. Because my Lord weeps over the death and the sorrow. Those are such powerful tears. And for all of the questions one might raise about other parts of this story, and it's never a bad or wrong thing to ask questions and to wrestle through it, it is Jesus' tears that move me. 
They truly do. And I hope they move each of you in the hearing of this story. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been a sermon podcast from St. Benedict's Table. For information on our church and to access the full catalog of our podcasts going all the way back to 2006, visit us online at stbenedictstable.ca. In addition, if you are interested in supporting our online work, you can find information on the website using the Donate button located on the top right-hand corner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.